Good morning. I want to welcome everyone this morning to our service of worship here at Faith Presbyterian Church and to those who are watching us online. And uh, we begin this morning with a call to worship reading from the book of Psalms. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand, and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you plan for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. May God bless this reading from the book of Psalms. Let us uh, open our hymn books this morning to hymn number 101 and stand as we are able to sing How Deep the Father's Love, number 101. Yes. 
us pray. Most gracious and holy God, you sent forth your Son, Jesus Christ. He was baptized among sinners to save and to seek those who were lost. May we who have been baptized in his name never turn away from the world, but reach out in love to rescue wayward folks. For by your grace, O God, we count our sins absolved. Your mercy absolves all guilt, and we see the glorious nature of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died, whom was raised by your power, and reigns with you forever and ever. Amen and amen. Let us greet one another this morning with the wave offering of peace. Just a few things to share with you this morning. Um, our first newsletter of the year will be coming out this week, and it will be mission-focused as we highlight and talk about uh, our current mission work across uh, Memphis, but especially around the world. And uh, if you have been on uh, Facebook this weekend, you would have uh, perhaps seen A.B. Scott, and he had this big conference down in Cancun with some 90 uh, uh pastors and church workers there from the uh, surrounding area in Mexico and a uh, very successful conference. He is preaching at one of the congregations today and so that went very well. Uh, also, uh, 2020 contribution statements will be mailed later this week. I noticed that the IRS has Ex uh, extended uh, the time before you can start doing your taxes this year to the uh, 14th, I think, of February. Uh, so uh, there's not a big as rush as getting things at the end of the month of January. Uh, several of you have told me that uh, you have received your COVID vaccine, the first shot. If others of you have done so, please let us know. We're trying to also keep up with that. Um, I'm sure most of you, especially in the state of Tennessee, have um, seen the uh, advertisements about going onto the app or calling the health department to get your vaccine and only find out that there is no appointments right now. And uh, I know that's all frustrating, but uh, it is coming along and uh, hopefully uh, that will uh, get rolling a little faster here. I know that we have had, uh, besides the Adams, they have had their vaccine. Uh, the Lawlers have had their first shot of the vaccine. So um, it's happening, but it's just happening rather slow. And for those of us who don't fall in the category for the immediate one, um, it will be down the road somewhere and uh, we'll, we'll do that. I'll have other things to share in regards to those things in our prayer time later this morning. So, 
those are some of the announcements, not many, are just really not much of anything going on, as we all know in that regard. Now, if you will, um, our first scripture lesson is found in the Gospel of Luke, in the 17th chapter of Luke, reading verses 1 through 10, page 741 in the uh, Pew Bibles. <clears throat> Jesus uh, teaching his disciples several things in this passage. He begins, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come. But woe to the person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink, and after that you may eat and drink? Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Well, may God again bless the reading and hearing of his word from this, the Gospel of Luke. Now this morning, as we prepare to go to God in prayer, there are uh, many different things that I want to share with you and be in prayer about. Uh, <clears throat> as I mentioned in the announcements a little bit, uh, the uh, Great Commission Coaching and Third Millennial Ministries held their conference for the pastors and church workers in Cancun. Some 96, I think, total participants uh, and a very, I think, uh, good kickoff to the ministry that uh, A.B. Scott is trying to initiate there in Mexico. Now, this morning, uh, in an email from uh, Louis Zugno, uh, Louis asked us to be in prayer, especially for Manaus, Brazil. They have family that uh, are there and many friends in Manaus. And Manaus, I don't know, perhaps you saw this week, uh, they are having quite a spike in the number of COVID-19 cases and the hospitals there in the area, they have all run out of oxygen. There is no more pure oxygen to be used and it is hindering their fight to 
uh, treat people with the virus. So he asked especially that we pray for those this morning there. Um, also, personally, in the this last three days, uh, I have lost a first cousin to the virus. My dad lost a first cousin, uh, my second cousin to the virus this week. He lost one of his classmates from high school. Uh, they're down to just four now, he and three others from their high school graduating class. And uh, I have two other cousins in the hospital and uh, several other family members sick. My daughter Erin at her school in the third grade, one third grade hall at Chickasaw Elementary School in Olive Branch, that is a second and third grade school only, and one wing, all the teachers on that wing now are out with COVID except for Erin, and Erin was tested yesterday, and we're looking for those results later today. Uh, so there are numerous spikes going on in various places, and uh, certainly um, uh, folks are having a, a difficult time. Uh, in my extended family now, we have uh, lost uh, several uh, in that regard, and several others who fortunately have recovered and are well. And I'm sure all of us uh, can account for those stories. For our nation, this is also a very important week as we begin to make the final transition of government. Uh, you know, this has been a turbulent time for our nation and uh, hopefully uh, that turbulence will not continue this coming week as uh, we uh, swear in a new president of the United States and Joe Biden and uh, we certainly need to continue to pray for our nation and all the things that are going on across the land. It is, uh, how shall I say, it is a very difficult time uh, in many different ways. So we certainly have those matters to be in prayer about. So I know each of us has our own concerns and things that are on our minds. Uh, I know several folks now whose uh, businesses and their jobs are tenuous because of the continued uh, restrictions and uh, lockdowns in that regard. And it really is uh, just um, part of this long winter now. Uh, and the winter still has a ways to go. And uh, hopefully uh, there will be progress coming uh, as we move closer to spring. So with these things in mind, let us bow our heads and go to the Lord our God in prayer. Well, Lord God, as we come to you this day, There are many things that are on our minds and in our hearts. Lord, we have almost too much time to think about things and to wonder about things and to hear about things. And we do not know always what to do with it. But we come this morning, Lord, and we pray. We pray especially for those 
who are ill this day, who are suffering. Uh, some from the virus, others from uh, other ailments of various kinds. But we pray. We pray especially for our own area and for our families and for those known to us. We pray and lift up the city of Manaus, Brazil, where we know that the resources to treat the virus are in short supply, and in some cases, there are no supplies. So we pray for them and ask, O oh Lord, that other parts of Brazil will rally and perhaps the nations of the world will help by sending relief supplies to Manaus to help those who are ill with the virus. We see it across the land. We see now almost 400,000 Americans having uh, died from the virus, millions being sick. And Lord, we thank you that even in the midst of this difficulty and this great season of illness, there you are still with us. And there you, you still bring your healing hand. We give you thanks and praise. We pray your comfort upon those families that are grieving this day. And we ask, O oh Lord, your peace to be upon each and every heart. Lord, we pray for our nation, the United States of America. And Lord, we know that it is a time of transition and an unsettling time. We pray for Donald Trump and his administration as they now turn power over to Joe Biden and his administration. We pray, O oh Lord, that across the land there will be cause to find common ground and unity again among the people of our nation. And that extremism on both sides of the political divide might be tampered down and that we might again forge a way to work together. We pray this, Lord. We pray this and ask that you help us all to approach things in a conscientious and an orderly manner. We pray. We pray this day, mighty God, for our community. We pray especially for those who are continuing to hold the burden of job loss and business decline. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you find ways to help people make it through and uh, to uh, look towards the day when things can again be run in a very normal manner. We pray these things. And so, mighty God, these are some of our prayers that I have spoken. There are many more from each and every heart. We pray for those in our congregation, again, that are ill, recovering from the virus. And we ask all these things this day, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, and we now say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Oh, excuse me, just one second here. Now, our second scripture reading this morning is found in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians, reading from the second chapter, verses 1 through 10. You'll find that on page 827 in the Pew Bible. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, but we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, may God bless now this reading of his word from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Well, this morning I continue now this series of sermons I began this year uh, using the general title, uh, Using the Strengths God Has Given Us, and today's particular subject, The Gift of Faith. The Gift of Faith. Now, it would seem to me that all of us... <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> it would seem to me that all of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone who has said Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life, who has confessed the Lord Jesus Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior of sinners, you have faith. 
You have a gift of faith. Now, I want to talk about that just to begin with. To say, I believe in God, to say that, I believe in God requires faith. It requires the act of belief and a trust in faith. Can you and I go out and see God? No. We can see evidence of God. We can see God at work in his world. We can see God in his creation. We can see God in his word, the Bible. But in the end, we must say, I believe in God as an act of faith. That is what it is. It is an act of faith. And so many people can say, I believe in God. But there's more to faith. My belief in God begins to work in me. As Paul says, it is not my doing, but it is God's doing, God's gift to us. So let's begin there. Later in our worship service this morning, we're going to say the Apostles' Creed. Now, think about that. What does it begin with? I believe. I believe. That is how it begins. It is called an affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. We are affirming the faith in which we believe. Now, faith, again, we think, is it really a gift? Is it a strength? Or is it something that we just have? And the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes, and then some more. Now, we live still in a time in which many people, including many Christian people, believe that Faith is not sufficient. Faith is not sufficient. I have to do something good. I have to get on God's correct side, His right side. I have to do good works before I can go before the throne of God. I've got to do good things. And the more good things I do, the better the ledger looks like. Now, a lot of Christians believe this. They believe that I've got to do good things, otherwise God will not save me. And it is practiced. It's preached, actually, in many corners of the Christian church that salvation is not just faith, it is good works. And if you don't get those good works in, then your faith doesn't count for much. And a lot of people believe that. You know, many of us probably think from time to time, oh, yeah, I haven't done too many good things lately. I guess I need to get on it. Or something happens and it says, oh, it reminds me, I need to get right with God as 
if it's our responsibility in the sense of making things right with God. Only wishing we had such power. So faith, and Paul talks about it, and Jesus talks about it, and Paul and Jesus are pretty much in agreement down the line on every aspect of it. Again, in verse 8 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And then verse 9, to remind them clearly, not by works, so that no one can boast. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Now let's talk about this. <clears throat> faith, to have faith, to experience it, to Practice it every day in that sense. Faith is not an emotional high. Oh, I have tons of faith today. I can just feel it radiating through my body and my brain. Faith is not an emotion in that sense. It's not an emotion that when we are on top of the mountain, I have all the faith in the world. And when we are at the bottom of the valley, I have no faith whatsoever. We should have faith in both places, but faith is not based on some emotional state of being that we are finding ourselves in. Again, faith in God is a belief, a trust, a belief and a trust in what God has said and what God has done is true. That we trust God. God says that He forgives us in His Son, Jesus Christ. We accept that. That is the act of faith. We don't say we trust God and then, and just to make sure, I threw an extra hundred dollars in the plate this morning. Now, if you want to throw a hundred dollars in the plate, I'm not going to stop you. But it does not require faith in the sense that it makes a difference to God in the sense of your salvation. Faith, again, is not just emotional. Faith is a matter of belief and trust that comes from the heart and from the soul, from the mind, from the strength of one's body in that sense. Faith is the practice of the essence of who we are as created beings in the sight of God. In the Gospel of Mark, they ask Jesus, what is the great commandment? Jesus says to 
love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. The first and second, these are the commandments. The sum total. There to love with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Well, that is what faith is as well, is to believe with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That is the essence of true faith in Jesus Christ. That every bit of us believes and trusts in God. Now, there are those of us there are those of us who seem to exhibit a greater faith than others. And I've seen this in my own life. I have faith. I think I have a great deal of faith. But sometimes I'm like the father in the story in which comes to Jesus and asks that he heal his child and Jesus says, you only have to believe. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my faith. The disciples say to Jesus, increase our faith. Jesus says, well, if you had the faith of a little mustard seed, you could say to that mulberry bush, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Well, if that's the case, then all of us are probably operating on Atoms and not mustard seeds. But faith, faith, when it begins to be demonstrated as a strength of our Christian character of our Christian experience of our Christian practice of life faith when it gets like that begins to influence and affect fellow Christians and the world around us because when we begin to believe and trust God at that level, we can see more clearly that God is able to do things that before we would have never even thought or imagined. We always short change God. We always fail in the sense to give God enough credit, thinking, well, he certainly can't get along without me or without the things that I do. God needs my help. And the answer is, yes, God needs your help, but not always why you think God needs your help. God needs your help to demonstrate faith to others in your families, in your communities, 
in your workplaces, in your retirement areas. God needs you. People who have a firm belief and trust, that is a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in God the Father, in the work of the Holy Spirit, there's something different. And other people can see that there's something different there. The difference is their life is full of confidence because it is a confidence not in themselves, but a confidence in God. That God and his purposes will be worked out. Now, this is a powerful thing. How does this sometimes take expression in us? Well, if you have really not just faith, but a gift of faith where your belief and your trust in what God is doing is strong, it may manifest itself in certain things. For instance, at times, I would expect God to intervene in supernatural ways in spite of evidence to the contrary. Now, such a statement requires a deep and abiding faith in God to expect God when nobody else does. I know folks like that. Or you might have, in certain cases, a conviction in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, that God would do what seemed unlikely. When Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross, the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked that, that cup be taken away, that if it could be possible, that he would be spared. And yet he said, not my will, but your will, O God, my Father. He trusted that even going to the cross, to die on the cross, that God would somehow still accomplish his purposes. That is faith. Faith is not wishing. Faith is not make-believe. Faith is not something imaginary. Faith is an act and a belief. And as we grow in our faith, 
And the more that we believe, the more that we trust, from that, God is able to do in us acts and wonders and works. This is where works comes from for the Christian. It doesn't come from our desire to make things better with God. It comes from our desire and our belief and our knowledge that what I am doing is for God and not for me. Good works comes from understanding and believing and trusting that what God has said is true. So my friends, you have faith. But all of us could be like Jesus' disciples and exclaim, increase our faith. We should all desire to have a stronger sense of faith. To trust that God, His purposes for me and for you, for our church, for our community, for our nation, for our world, we should have enough faith to trust that God will accomplish all that he desires. And we in faith should do all that God calls us to to aid the work of God in his world. It is such a very wondrous gift to be saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. It is so wondrous and pardons our worst sin, restores us to right relationships with the Father, And it is God's gift that we accept, not by works, not by great emotion or low, but by belief and trust. Thanks be to God who gives the gift of faith. 
Amen. This morning, if you would care to make an offering, the offering plate is in the back and you can do so on the way out. Again, thank you for many of you who continue to make a regular offering through the Simple Give app or dropping a check off at the church. We are most grateful in that regard. We truly are. Let us bow our heads. <clears throat> well, gracious God, we lift up to you and give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, for your wondrous gift to us, the gift of salvation to all those who believe, who have faith in Jesus Christ, your Son. Increase our faith this day that we will find ourselves of one heart, mind, soul, and strength in belief and trust in your ways. Accept the gifts we give here, electronically, through the mail. We give you thanks and praise for faithfulness in this expression. And we say all these things this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let us stand now and affirm the faith we believe as we say together the Apostles' Creed. You'll find it printed there in the bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our closing hymn is actually 509. There's a typo there. It should be 509, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, number 509. <laughs>
And now, my friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day, and I do pray forevermore. Amen.